the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line with Philip Naiman. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. I hope you're having a great weekend out there wherever you are. I always like to say that because I really do hope you have a great weekend wherever you are. Joining me today, I have Brian McLaughlin. Brian is with Mountain Man Medical. Now, we've done podcasts with him before on, on CCW Safe Nationwide, but I want to get him out there and introduce to you folks because, hey, staying safe and uh, being able to solve an issue that you're presented with in real life and real time is a very, very necessary thing and a great skill set to have. So say hello to Brian. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm having a great time. Hey, now where are you located? I'm out in Denver, Colorado, you know, Mountain Man Medical, Rocky Mountains. Very good. Mountain Man Medical is the name of the company you're part of, concealedcarry.com, right? Yeah, we're out. uh, Mountain Man Medical is one of the brands of concealedcarry.com. Tell us a little bit about concealedcarry.com. It is definitely, it, yeah, it's a big one there. Uh, we've just bought a new company. Um, so Concealed Carry Inc. Uh, oversees a bunch of different companies. We have Barrel Block, Range Tech, Shot Timers, Ready Up Gear, uh, Mountain Man Medical. Um, and we just acquired a new um, a uh, company called KSG Armory, which is um, a uh, Kydex holster company. So we produce our own products and we have our own um, information sources, a lot of uh, shooting instructional videos and things like that uh, about how home defense runs. Uh, Riley Bowman is our, our main guy there for tactics at uh, concealedcarry.com. He's a very high level competitive shooter. And it was one of the it's definitely one of the best places I've ever worked. It's um, Jacob Paulson. He's the one that owns the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great person to work for. Very knowledgeable, very good at what he does. Cares a lot about everybody around him. Cares about all his employees. So it's fantastic to work for him. Um, and then uh, back in uh, twenty, save save that save that clip for you know review time for raises that could come in handy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he probably won't watch it, but uh, yeah, he usually watches all my podcasts to make sure I'm saying the th- the right things. So, uh, so uh, back in 2020, he uh, came to me. He's like, "Hey, I was thinking about starting a uh, trauma kit company. You interested in helping out? I know you got a background in that." Because at the time, I was writing gun and gear reviews uh, for for his uh, website, and he's like, "You know, I, I know you got a medical background. Want to help me out with this?" And I was like, "Yeah, that sounds like fun." So put together a bunch of the trauma kits and uh, we came out with the emergency trauma response course, which is a totally free course on the mountainmanmedical.com website. Um, and it'll teach you how to use all of the items in your kit. So it was a big deal for us as a company to sell trauma kits because we want to help people, but it doesn't do us any good to sell products that people don't know how to use. So we wanted to come out with something that was free. Everybody can just look at it and watch it. and um, 
and know how to use their trauma kit appropriately. So um, let's talk about that because, you know, the fun, the sexy side, right. Of of firearm training, defense training is the things that go bang and ring the steel, right. That's, that's the fun part, but we, we train for probabilities, not just possibilities. Right. Mm-hmm. And your higher probability is that you might roll up on an accident on Highway 15 or the 91 and um, somebody has been damaged um, in, in a traumatic way. And, you know, maybe traffic is going to be five, 10 minutes where an ambulance gets there and you're involved in that. So the training for that is extremely important. Not only should you buy the kit, but you have to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. So this particular course you have. You know, I mean, I, we go to a lot of shooting events and there's guys that run the belts and they got on the back, their med kit. It'd be nice to know if they knew what, what was in it and yeah. how to use it, you know? Yeah. Uh, that's the great thing about it though. It, it doesn't take a whole lot of time and effort. You know, I've done a fair bit of uh, firearms training, combat training in my time, and it is way more complicated to learn how to shoot a pistol than it is to apply a tourniquet and to save somebody's life with good bleeding control. Uh, and they let people like me do it. I mean, they can let anybody do it. So this course is really short. I think it's only about an hour and 15 minutes, um, but it'll teach you everything that you need to know in a bad situation. So, and I really like what you said there. Uh, we, we prepare for probabilities and not possibilities. Um, I think that is, uh, I'm, I'm going to have to steal that. I think, I think that's something that I think a lot about because I talk to a lot of, you know, concealed carriers and they carry guns, which I totally agree with. I don't have a problem with that, but then they don't know any medical, you know, what's more likely, what's more probable the situation that they're going to be, be the hero in. It's probably going to be medical um, and hopefully not, you know, a violent encounter. So I think that's something I try to get across as often as I possibly can. Yeah. It is possible that they bring back T-Rexes and we have Jurassic park. Yeah. It's not probable. So that's, that's why I don't carry a a 500, um, you know, double rifle in my truck. It's a possibility, not a probability. Um, but it is important that we are, you know, that we're trained in many aspects and those aspects are saving lives as a CCW carrier. Why do you carry a firearm? Because you don't want to see somebody get hurt on your watch, right? Yourself or someone else you're there as a defender of your life or someone else's life. Hmm. Well, the same thing, if something were to happen, how bad would you feel if you looked at somebody, you know, you should, you go up to a situation 10 seconds later after the altercation has happened and there's a victim over here who's bleeding out and you're like, Oh, shucky darn. What do we do now? Mm -hmm. So um, again, let's go through this emergency trauma response course that you have on, on your site. So mountainmanmedical.com. Yep. Mountainmanmedical.com. Click on the training tab and it'll take you to um, not only uh, my course, the ETR course, emergency trauma response. It'll also take you to a stop the bleed course. So you can take that as well. And then it'll show all the events where I'm traveling around and, uh, and teaching this year. So on the, um, on this, I really like this. I'm going to keep hammering on it because once I get something in my head, I can't get rid of it. But, uh, the emergency trauma response course that is free for an hour and 15. If you are, let's say you're an usher at your church, right? This is something you can definitely take one hour of your time 
and get trained up on. Um, obviously, if you're on a security team or detail like that, there should be some kind of medical, um, you know, usually like there's maybe a medical team, but if not, uh, it wouldn't be hard for to have everybody check off the box that they've watched this and they know that if someone has a chest wound, if it's a lower chest wound, they do X. If it's a sucking chest wound, they do Y. Um, don't put tourniquets on the neck. You know, just some simple stuff, right? So um, anyway, oh. sometimes you put a tourniquet on the neck, but anyway. Well, one of the things, yeah, just, uh, just in very rare key circumstances, but yeah, I think uh, when it comes to uh, church security groups, uh, one of the things that I like to encourage is to sit down your entire church security team and watch the, the, uh, the course all the way through, uh, that gives you an excellent opportunity to practice on each other, um, and to go through the scenarios so that everybody knows what the, what's going on when it happens. I, I especially like whenever I get the chance to consult with a, uh, faith-based organization about, uh, their emergency measures, I usually like to recommend that they have that medical team on standby. Uh, pretty often you'll have, um, parishioners who are, you know, doctors and nurses and EMTs and that kind of stuff. And, Usually, if you get the pastor up on the pulpit, you know, to put out the word and everybody and say, hey, you know, is there anybody who's out there who's medically qualified that wants to serve in the medical industry uh, ministries, you know, because you pretty often you'll get um, uh, elderly people who will, you know, pass out, take off fall, you know, a lot of heart attacks and that kind of thing. But on top of that, they need to be fairly well integrated with your security team so that they know what to do when things are starting getting messy. Yeah. And it's, it's an organizational thing. So I'm going to, again, if we're talking like a church situation, there should be a medical ministry and the security ministry and, you know, somebody coordinating information back and forth. We have had medical emergencies at the, the church I attend and it's most commonly an elderly person fainting, mm-hmm. you know, or something like that. Or, or, Hey, in the Inland empire, you get heat stroke walking from your car to the building. <laughs> yeah. So it's, these things, these things happen and that's all part of it. It's not just stop the bleed. Right. Um, so you should have a medical team set up with your, uh, with your ministry in that particular point in case. So concealedcarry.net, you guys have not just the medical side, but you actually are super strong, obviously with a name, super strong proponents for concealed carry and trying to train people the proper the proper way to carry, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, safety is one aspect, but responsibility is another. I'm sure you hit hard on. Yes, definitely. I I haven't taught a um, combat class in a long time. Usually my, my cup of tea is, you know, combat trauma management. Um, But I know Riley is uh, our primary shooter at our, uh, at our company. He's the one that develops a lot of the training programs and, he has a, they have a podcast talking about uh, concealed carry um, different types of law and that kind of thing. So that usually is what he kind of gets into it for the most part. And I think for me, uh, the safety aspect of things is what's most important because you have to be able to live to fight another day. I know Absolutely. for me as a, uh, as a young gung ho dude, you know, I didn't care too much about safety because I thought that was cool. Uh, you know, as I get a little older, you know, I start to value, um, I put more weight into the value that I bring. And so I'm trying not to get myself killed so quickly. You know, if I go down and and we appreciate that. (laughs) Name and firing line radio. We'll be right back after this. Have questions about handgun safety. 
local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. 951-823-0211. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, branch manager of Plant Home Lending LLC and host of the main event. Heard weekends right here on AM 590 The Answer. I'm sure by now you've heard interest rates have jumped up over the last few months, but so have home values. So what does that mean to you? If you're carrying a bunch of credit card debt, or you don't have money to pay your tax bill, or just needed extra money to fill up your gas tank, now may be the perfect time to do a cash-out refinance to consolidate those bills or get some extra funds in your bank account while your equity is so high before rates get any worse. If you or your spouse are 62 years or older, higher values make reverse mortgages that didn't work before work now. To see how we can make the numbers work for you, call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020, or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Planet Home Lending logo. Ed Hoffman, Retail Branch Manager, NMLS ID 9921, Branch NMLS ID 2275209. Planet Home Lending, LLC, NMLS ID 17022. Planet Home Lending, LLC, is an equal housing lender and licensed by the California Department of Financial Protection and Innovation under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. AM 590, the answer. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. It's Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. And as you know, each week on the Firing Line Radio Show, the conversation revolves around firearms, hunting, and Second Amendment issues. But one of the show's stalwart supporters has always been Vince Torres over at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo in Riverside. Vince and his team of experts are second to none in their knowledge and passion for all that this show stands for. If you're not armed for protection or recreation, stop in at Bullseye Sport for small arms, rifles, shotguns, ammo, accessories, and much more. Bullseye Sports stocks all name brands like Beretta, Ruger, Glock, Winchester, and many more. If they don't have it, they'll get it. They welcome all levels of shooting enthusiasts, especially ladies, considering firearms for the first time. Bullseye Sports is the best selection of prices every day. Stop in, mention you heard me, Philip Naiman, on AM 590's Firing Line Radio Show, and talk about Bullseye Sports guns and ammo in Riverside. Near the corner of Brockton and San Simeon Way, hit the bullseye, go see Vince. You know, I, I really do appreciate his support because he makes this radio show happen. And folks, you want to be involved, go see Vince. He'll give you a great deal. Tell him you heard it on the show, and uh, then I'll get a great deal. Hey, folks, welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. I'm here with Brian McLaughlin. Brian McLaughlin from Mountain Man Medical. You can find him at concealedcarry.com and Mountain Medical. Mountain Man Medical, excuse me, dot com, not just mountain. There is a pronoun in there. Uh, it is pronoun is Mountain Man Medical. Okay, uh, he doesn't discriminate, but this, you know, it's not Mountain Them Medical. It's it's Mountain Man Medical. That's right. So, being clear there. Hey, this September, you guys are going to be with our friends in Oklahoma City, September sixteenth through the eighteenth, Guardian Nation Conference, right in Oklahoma City. 
That's right. I'm looking forward to it. This is our second one. We did it last year as well. Uh, that was our first one that we did, and it went really well. We've got some uh, high-level instructors coming out. we got AJ Zito, Riley Bowman, who I've already mentioned a few times. Uh, we've got Todd Fossey teaching combatives. Uh, Rob Hyde is coming out to teach some classes, as I understand. Uh, he is one of my favorite people. I've gotten the chance to run into him a few times to talk to him, and he's a blast. I enjoy he's him a lot. lot of, he, he's great. Just don't run into him on the mats. Yeah, that's what I hear. He'll, uh, <laughs> you don't want to grab. I was actually uh, at the Mick, with uh, Mickey Shook at the um, Carry Trainer ch- Challenge. Right. Um, and uh, Rob High was out there and I was sitting there and morning PT was going on and I was sitting on the on the uh, grinder, you know, stretching out, getting ready for PT. And I could see Rob walking up behind me here on the uh, back behind me. And he uh, and I could feel this arm slide in underneath of my neck and grip me. He says, morning, Doc. How are you? I'm like, good morning, Rob. Hi, don't kill me, please. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. a great friend to have. Yeah. Yeah. Cool guy. So, so yeah, um, a lot of high level instructors coming out to teach. So Guardian. And so this is something they go to concealedcarry.com to sign up for, right? Yes. Uh, yeah. They're. Um, the Guardian Nation Conference, uh, there is a website that is put up for it. Let me see if I can grab it real quick. Um, and it'll have all of the info that you need to uh, to travel out there. It's got all the hotels. All right. And then the next one, while you're looking that up, the next one you have is our active self-protection uh, course. That's September 23rd, 25th, also known as the Bullets and Bibles Conference in Kansas City. Right. That's an interesting mix there. So uh, September 23rd, 25th, active self-protection course, uh, Bullets and Bibles in Kansas City. Yep. I, uh, in California. Huh? Not yet. Not yet. I haven't been invited out, I guess. Um, as soon as I get invited, I'll go. Absolutely. Have me out. I'll, I'll come and do it. Yeah, the active self-protection conference, I did that one again. It is like right after the uh, GN conference. So we're, we're pretty popping, uh, you know, from one to the next. Uh, but that one was also a lot of fun. Uh, the active self-protection tribe is a lot of fun. Very good down-to-earth people. Uh, and they put on a really good show over there. So it was, it was a lot of fun. So if you're in the area, you should definitely come out. It's a, you'll have a good time. Again, and you find out more at concealedcarry.com, concealedcarry.com. So that's what you've got going on this next month. You're a pretty busy guy here. Um, September, right, is the beginning of generally for hunting season, especially high country. You're in Colorado right now. You know, our archery elk, muzzleloading, archery deer is open in September. Uh, we're starting to get into the back country. And I have to make a bit of a confession here. Uh, oftentimes when I'm doing a backcountry hunt, I don't do them every year, but I have done them. Uh, and you're cutting weight, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you look at this big old first aid kit and you're like, you know, do I really need this two pounds of, of stuff? I'm not, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to get in trouble. Right. Right. So th- th- explain why that's a foolish thing for me to think. Uh, well, I mean, when you are as far away from help as you are, when you're out there in the back country, it takes time to get the help. Um, usually what I teach is basic trauma management, how to keep somebody alive until EMS can show up to take over. Um, and that's not that difficult um, because the average response time in America is about 11 and a half minutes, 11 minutes, 37 seconds, I think. Um, so you can still that's bleed on, out. That's in flatland. 
Right. Yeah. That's not in the mountains where you are yeah. maybe no. two hours and a half from. hours. Yeah. Yeah. And when, when I hunt elk, I'm going five miles in, you know, and that's five miles. I got to hike my butt out if I get hurt or hike my friend out. So keeping that in the back of your mind is pretty important. And having that distance just to get back, a lot can go wrong. So having some basic stuff on you to control bleeding, especially with my bow hunters out there. There's lots of uh, mm-hmm. examples of the bow hunters uh, cutting themselves with their broadheads and that kind of thing. Tree stands are actually one of the most common uh, ways of getting injured if people falling out of a tree stand. And uh, well, the good part on a tree stand, though, I mean, you fall, you know where the guy's at. He's right there by the tree. So it's, <laughs> yeah. the search part of rescue is pretty short at that point in time. That's uh, exactly. So you, you got to know where he's at. I was actually saw this video of this guy who was spear hunting in Africa and jumped out of the tree and didn't do something right with his spear. And it caught him right in the uh, femoral artery and he almost bled out. And he was worried because he was sitting there at the bottom of the tree. He was worried that the scent of blood was going to bring in predators who were going to eat him. It's his femoral artery. He only has two or three minutes to worry about it anyway. Yeah. I think it only nicked it because he was able to like hold enough pressure on it to keep from leaking out and he wound up surviving, but it was a pretty rough situation for him. So I, and uh, we had a, had an instance with the gentleman uh, was shooting a 50 caliber. The gun blew up, right? It took a piece of uh, shrapnel in his neck and Kentucky ballistics, Kentucky ballistics. Yeah. He had to plug with his thumb all the way in, plug his juggler with his thumb. Right. Uh, Well, yeah, that's what that's part of what I teach is wound packing. Right. Uh, So a junction, any place where you get a wound where you can't apply a tourniquet, like your neck, your armpit, your groin, tourniquets won't work there. But you could be bleeding very, very badly. Uh, You have to learn wound packing because tourniquets won't fix everything. So what he did essentially is he packed his own wound with his thumb and reached in there and pinched off that artery so that he could get to the hospital. So it's pretty smart, a rough situation, but I'm, I'm proud of him. And it was 30 minutes. Yeah. Before he got to the hospital. So, you know, like, you know, where we go shooting out in the, out in the desert out here, you're an hour away from uh, at 70 miles an hour, you're an hour away from a hospital. Hmm. Right. And they're not going to life flight everything into you. So, you know, you're an hour away and that's, that's in non-rural California. Um, of course, we shoot high-powered rifles, and if you get shot with one of those, it's you know, it's just the only thing you need in your kit is holy water. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you ain't coming back from a hunting uh, uh, hunting rifle uh, injury. It's pretty that, much going to be done. Not from what they're designed to do. They do it pretty well. I've seen the outcome of that quite a few times. Uh, one of the things that I usually try to recommend is, is making sure uh, my hunters are going out with in teams of at least two, you know, having a battle buddy when you're out there on the mountaintop is a pretty big deal. Um, uh, and pretty often I'll see people out there just doing the lone hunter thing and the odds of you getting into trouble and then not being able to extricate yourself from it is pretty good. And then making sure that you people know where you've gone and you're not, Keeping it a secret to yourself, uh, your hunting plans and where you're going to go and be at. Yeah, location. Because so I was on the search and rescue team out here for nine years. And usually we would get our call Sunday evening. 
well, the person disappeared on Friday, but you know, he was gone for the weekend and just didn't come home. So now it's late in the Sunday evening and we're going into darkness when we finally get the phone call. Hey, so-and-so was, we think in this general vicinity, hmm. but you know, he could have slipped and fallen on Saturday morning or Friday afternoon. And we don't know this because Nobody knew there was a problem till he simply didn't show up either for work the next day or two days later or never came home. His wife called. So there's, you know, those kind of things. It's great to have an idea of where where someone should start looking for you. Uh, cell phones are great because they are the biggest tattletales in the world. If you have a ping, at least gives you an idea of where everything's at there. So let's go. When we come back, let's talk about. Uh, what's in your tracker backcountry kit and some of the other things that you guys have, not to mention the training. And it's all about training, folks. This is a very important part of being safe, being prepared, being a better person, being able to help other people. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio. We'll be right back after this. Hi, folks. Philip Naiman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. AM590. The answer. Spartans! Lay down your weapons! Persians! Come and get them! Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Welcome back. Get our podcasts at FiringLineRadio.com. You can also see on YouTube here, see what uh, Brian's doing in the background with his rescue, Randy. Uh, Check it out on YouTube, uh, strangely enough, under Firing Line Radio Show. So we kind of are around there. You can find out some pretty good information. Um, One of the things that we want to talk about, again, is safety and trauma and you know, gunshot wounds are horrific. So, so are car accidents, but a gunshot wound is horrific. And if somebody was hit with a large caliber, A, B, C, or D, um, you're going to have a lot of different things happening besides the person moaning and wailing. And, you know, you're looking for entrance wounds, exit wounds. Uh, how many times was somebody hit? What do you do? You know, this is, this is why you need that kind of training. So, I'm going to kick this over to you. Tell us a little bit about your background, if you would, here, Brian, where, where you started learning this stuff. All right. Well, I started learning this with my dad. Uh, he was a, uh, a firefighter for 30-plus years um, and the assistant chief of our, um, um, our rural fire department where I grew up out here in the, on the plains of Colorado. So occasionally we would be out doing something and he would get a call to come in and he'd have to go, you know, running up there, go take care of it. So I got trained up by him on basic bleeding control when I was pretty young. Um, and then from there I went uh, to uh, the military and uh, picked up uh, corpsman. corpsman. So 
they, uh, they dropped me in with the Marines and I got a decent amount of training in combat trauma management, spent some time in Afghanistan. Uh, and then I was in the ER for, uh, two years, uh, worked a rig for a little while. Um, and then, uh, when I got out of the military, I kind of kicked around for a little bit, worked in an ammunition factory and a gun shop, and then uh, started working for um, concealedcarry.com. Occasionally before that, I would also do consulting work for faith-based organizations and helping getting them trained up um, for uh, active shooter situations and mass casualty events. So that was a lot of fun. We used to go in there and uh, put on some scenarios with uh, sim munition rounds inside of their sanctuaries. And have people running around and shooting role players and stuff. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was hard to get the uh, the uh, upper staff of the church to sign off on it, but once once we did, we we got in there. We had a good time. Good time. We had a lot of good training. So uh, it's important. You, know, you take a look at how many places of worship are are being attacked. And in California, okay, this new bill that Newsom signed uh, or is signing nine eighteen is going to make it illegal to have any firearms at any churches anywhere. It's going to come. Yeah. See that look on your face, right? Why not disarm the vulnerable? That makes sense. Let felons out of jail, disarm the vulnerable. So you can't have security unless, unless they post four, four by six stickers saying that this is an armed campus. So thereby identifying yourself kind of like the Uden, the nice Uden star that uh, the other like to put out. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's surprising. I'm surprised that that's happening at all. Yeah, well, you better watch. You're in Colorado. You guys are half as crazy as we are. Yeah. So you better watch that, too. It'll be coming your way. Does not sound constitutional at all. But so I'm not an expert on that. Just just because it's not constitutional doesn't mean they're not going to do it. Yeah, they 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 do these things, and then we have to go to court for six, eight, ten years to get it straightened out, and then they do it again, mm-hmm. you know, it, with impunity. So, anyway, in a perfect world, this would not happen, but we don't live in a perfect world, which is why you need to have this training. So, let's talk about some of the things you have um, You guys have different kits for different levels. You know, you have the tracker, your backcountry kit. Uh, I, I'm going that. In the hunting community, you're probably number one problem you're going to have is bleeds. The guy cuts his finger deeply while he's cleaning an animal, drops a broadhead, drops his knife on his foot. You know, we've all seen guys, videos of these guys barely making out of life because they've got a Havilon knife that's razor scalpel sharp, goes right. right through them. And now they have a deep bleed they can't control and they're 12 hours from help. So, um, you know, what's in the tracker kit? So this is the tracker. It's I wanted it to be especially small ounces equal pounds, pounds equal pain. I'm trying to carry as least amount of stuff as possible. So I only Agreed. want the absolute essentials if I can get away with it. So that's what I've designed this for. This is what I would feel comfortable from having on me when I'm out in the very deep, dark country of the Rocky Mountains. So I would like to have something bigger at my base camp. So what I like to do, the type of hunting that I do is, is more like the stock hunting where I'll set up my base camp and then I'll take a very small day pack or a ruck gear and I'll hike out a couple of miles, figure out where stuff is at and then come back. And sometimes I'll stay a couple of days out there and before I come back. And then while I'm out there on the trail, this is what I'll have on my belt. 
Um, on the back, we've got some trauma shears. This is kind of negligible. You could get away with not having trauma shears. Um, I think it's pretty useful. So if you really, really need to cut that weight, you can leave these off. Um, there's a particular way on how well, the, to. The, what's good about the trauma shears is if your friend like stubbed his toe, you can say, let me take a look at it and then cut his pants off and make him walk out, you know, <laughs> in, in his BVDs. Yeah. So trauma shears can be, at least they enlighten the thing, right? For, for pranks, of course. <laughs> exactly. But it's also good for cutting material um, if you're making splints or if you need to make chest seals, if you need to. Uh, it's a multi-use item that you're probably going to use around your camp and all, all sorts of other things. So I like to have it out there if at all possible. Um, in the kit, I have a pair of gloves and you can use these for different uh, survival purposes. Of course, there's lots of YouTube videos out there on how to do that. Quick clot bleeding control, wound packing, so that if you do get a puncture wound or if you have a uh, wound that you are trying to take care of, but you don't want to put a tourniquet on it, it's not bleeding badly to warrant a tourniquet, but it's still bleeding. You can use this to help control that bleeding pretty well. Would you use that on a on a shallow cut? Or is it yes. just like a deep wound? Um, I would... I would prefer to keep this for a deep wound because of the hemostatic properties. So this is quick clot. So it has um, a hemostatic agent in it that makes your blood clot more quickly. So I would prefer to use it for that. But if I am bleeding pretty badly, but I'm saying I'm thinking it's not enough that I think I'm going to die, but I can't get the bleeding to stop, then I'll just pack this in there and control it with that with a uh, with a pressure dressing. And then that's a way that you can hike out of the mountains and get it taken care of at the hospital. Anyway, so he's got the quick, quick clot. He's going to have a tourniquet in there. He's got his shears and then pressure bandages are pretty much what's pressed in there. Um, anyway, well, he, well, he works on that here, folks. We'll talk about more about what they have going on and that's concealed carry.com concealed carry.com mountain man medical September 16th through 18th guardian nation conference in Oklahoma city. Uh, CCW safe is going to be there. Rob hi. They've got combatives. They've got great information, great training. I heard a lot about it last year. Um, also, active self-protection, September 23rd, 25th at the Bullets and Bibles Conference in Kansas City. So they have that part going on. Um, they do have on their website the emergency trauma response video. So if you have a group of people who are responsible for um, safety in any kind of, you know what, anybody should be watching this. You go out to the range, you go out anywhere else, you should probably have this. It's an hour and 15 minutes of free medical training. Everybody else wants to be paying through the nose. These guys have put this information up for you to have. It's easy to do. It's great information. And then you can set yourself up with one of their kits. So they've got a trauma kit, mass casualty kits, obviously for larger groups, um, range safety video course, and then the tracker backcountry kit, which is, I think what I'm going to end up picking up from them and keeping in my kit. Brian, are you back there? I'm back. Sorry hey. about that. All right. Did I miss anything? What, what uh, else do you have in that uh, backcountry kit? So just three more items uh, because I want this to be as, as lightweight as possible. A tourniquet, of course. This is mm -hmm. the best tourniquet on the market, I think, for... Why doesn't somebody just use a belt and a stick? Right. Okay. So um, there's a couple of different reasons. Your belt, that's one of the most common questions that I'll get. I'm just wearing a belt. Why don't I use that? Well, one, uh, 
your belt, in my opinion, is an important piece of gear. You need it to keep your pants up. You've got a lot of equipment that's on it. Um, you need your belt to carry stuff. So I would not want to give up my belt personally, unless I absolutely had to. Second, a belt is, it's very difficult to get that belt tight enough so that you can um, crank it down and control that bleeding. Because and, of the uh, width of it. Because right. of the width of it. And also there's no way of locking it down. Once you pull it through, there's, you have to sit there and maintain that pressure and odds are good that you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very good. Folks, this is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show. Go to concealedbarrycarry.com, mountainmanmedical.com, and find out more about this. We have one more segment. We're going to come up and talk about how to save your life, if it matters, after this. Hi, folks. Philip Neyman from Firing Line Radio Show. If you're a concealed handgun carrier or have a firearm to defend your home and are forced to use your weapon for self-defense or the protection of a loved one, you'll be glad to have CCW Safe on your side. CCW Safe provides and pays 100% upfront defense funds for high-quality attorneys, expert witnesses, and the investigators you need following a critical incident with no reimbursement. And they do it all for one flat yearly fee starting at $179 a year. CCW Safe has permit and non-permit plans to protect California residents in this state and while traveling across the country. So check out their new ultimate plan with no caps on criminal and civil defense, $1 million for bond coverage, a dedicated $1 million for civil liability, and many other benefits. You defend your life. CCW Safe will defend your freedom and financial future. In California, CCW Safe has got you covered. So join now at ccwsafe.com. I'd like to introduce you to a new sponsor to the show, Sean Gibbs of Ask Defensive Training Company. They're in Redlands, California. They also sell guns and ammo. But the most important thing that they have for you here today is their training courses. Ask kind of an interesting name. Why would you call it that for guns and ammo? Well, ASK stands for Attitude, Skills, and Knowledge. And that's what they focus on at ASK Defensive Training. Sean has basic courses for a first-time gun buyer. If you're not familiar with your firearm, you want to be able to use it safely, perfect place for that. He has also additional courses for defensive handgun, advanced handgun, and even learning how to shoot a firearm in low-light situations. Bring your mag light. So folks, check them out at askdefensive.com, A-S-K-defensive.com for a schedule of classes. He's got a great store in there too, so buy what you want, train what you want, askdefensive.com. AM 590, the answer. Yes! Great hunter. Yes? Yes. Fine figure of a man. Yes? Yes? Yes. That is all you need to know for now. Hey, folks. Welcome back to Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman uh, here with Brian McLaughlin from Mountain Man Medical. You know, that last clip. You should be able to know what what movie that came from with a name like Mountain Man Medical, right? I, I cannot. I know I've heard it somewhere. I can't no. remember it. I can't remember Oh, it. oh you've let me down sorely. That's Jeremiah Johnson. I was going to say Jeremiah Johnson. I didn't There's know. There's only like 23 words in the whole movie. How did you not know that? Oh, wow. Well, we'll give you a chance to make it up because um, right now you, you went down two pegs. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So... Your job here is to educate people to save their life and the life of those around them, right? Right. 
we just, as we came out that last case, somebody, and I've always thought this too, uh, before I got in with you on some of the other podcasts, um, you know, if I need a tourniquet, I'll use a belt, but that's not going to work. It's not a, it's better than nothing, but it's not the best tool that you could easily carry. You held up on, if you're watching on the YouTube channel, just a few seconds ago, you held up a tourniquet, which looks like it's about a one, I don't know, a two inch by four inch package that probably weighs three ounces, right? So for very, yeah. So for very, very little space and for very little weight penalty, uh, you could actually save the life because as you said, you're not going to be able to put a, a one and a half inch leather belt across a thigh and put enough cinch pressure on it to stop the femoral bleed. If that's what's happening. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, so yeah, when you tighten it up, you pull it through the belt buckle and you have to have it, keep it cinched. There's no way of tying off that tail. End. Well, let's just, let's just look at that. You pull it through the belt buckle, except your belt buckle was made in China and the thing snaps because you can't put that kind of pressure. I mean, if your belt's that tight, you should lose some weight, but you can't put that kind of pressure back on a regular belt, a regular belt buckle system. They're not designed for it. They will snap. And then you have zero. Yeah. And I, I do like to say that it's possible to still save somebody's life with a belt. It, it's been documented before that, that it's, that it's been useful. So like you said, it, if you've got nothing else, might as well give it a try and hope for the best. Um, but it's always better to have purpose-made items on you ready to go. Um, this is also the reason why I say that it's not a good idea to improvise unless you absolutely have to. A lot of times guys will carry things in their trauma kits that are improvised like tampons. Tampons are not designed for wound packing. A lot of people will think, Hey, it's meant to plug a hole and soak up blood. So therefore it will be good for wound packing. And that's not the case. The amount of blood that a woman has during menstruation is not nearly the same quantities as you're likely to experience with the traumatic bleeding. And our goal is not to soak up blood. Our goal is to put pressure on that bleeding artery and get it to clamp off with direct pressure. So you're not likely to have enough gauze to make that work. So why put things in your trauma kit that are improvised when you can just have gauze, which is designed for wound packing to fill that cavity completely. And if you're going to try to improvise a tourniquet, like I know how to do it. I've been professionally trained. I know how to do it. There's, I've got YouTube videos teaching how to do it, but even me knowing how to do it, it's going to take me a long time to make that tourniquet. I have to run around and find all of the materials that I need to make this tourniquet effectively. And what's that casualty doing the entire time I'm trying to find all this stuff? Bleeding out. Bleeding out. Calling your name. Giving you nightmares. Yeah. So, yeah, and I could could just fix that situation quickly if I had trauma gear on me, but maybe I don't. So then that's when improvisation is important to learn it. So you only want to use it when you absolutely have to. Yeah, don't don't count on it. Here's the other thing. So let's take a look at the Southern California mountains. Okay, they are not exactly like the Rocky Mountains. Uh, we lack something called, oh, I don't know, water. So a lot of it is not, not vegetated. It's very rocky, cliffy. I mean, it's really rugged, rugged mountains. You're not going to find a vine 
uh, up here. And if you did, it'd be a grapevine that ha- can't hold any pressure anyway. You're not going to find these things. Oh, a solid stick. Yeah, we have pine trees out here. If the stick is on the ground, it's crumbly. Mm. There, there isn't a nice piece of oak you can make a crutch out of. It just doesn't happen out here. Right. So improvising is, it's a dream more than a plan. Right. I, I love that. Yeah. You don't want to dream. You want to have a good, reasonable plan. That's usually what I try to tell people when they're trying to manage an emergency. You don't just jump into it without thinking about it. You got to think about the process first, try to come up with what's going to work to get you out of that situation and then act on it. Um, I think that's one of those key aspects. And so how much time should somebody, an average Joe like me, train medical per year? I would say ideally you want to hit it maybe biannually, you know, twice a year, uh, every six months, just to, um, to touch up on some of the things you might've forgotten and then to check in to see if anything has changed. You know, the medical world is changing pretty rapidly and they're coming out with new studies and new research that says that one technique is better than the other or vice versa. Um, there's some things that they've been teaching where, you know, they'll start off. I started learning it where it was this, you never, ever, ever do this one thing. And now it's, you do this first. Tourniquets are exactly that. Um, when I was first trained on tourniquets, tourniquets were a last resort. You never apply a tourniquet until you're absolutely sure that person is going to die. And these days, it's the opposite. They say, if you're worried at all, you apply that tourniquet first, get them to the hospital, let the doctor take it over. So there's lots of things like that that are changing all the time. You know, and um, it's like some of the, it's like trauma care. Okay. So I mentioned earlier, if somebody has a lower chest wound, you are direct pressure, right? They have an upper chest wound in the lung. You need a chest seal and direct pressure could actually kill the guy, right? Uh, Direct pressure on the, yes. Uh, There's not a lot that you can do Yeah, in a lung wound. Um, you, there's not a lot that you can do for that besides place the chest seal. Uh, you can't wound pack because there's so much space inside of the uh, chest cavity. And, it goes, and, and if that material gets into the lung, he's going to die anyway from other problems. Yeah. And it can impede the operation of the heart. And there's all sorts of bad stuff that could happen there. So usually what I'll say is if you see any bleeding on the trunk that you can't uh, in the abdomen or the trunk, there's nothing that you can do besides just place the chest seal and hope for the best. And in the abdomen too. Abdomen as well, because uh, there is again, so much space in there that you're unlikely that you're going to find exactly where that artery is because wound packing works by taking that gauze and putting it directly on top of the channel. artery. Yeah. Yeah. So it puts pressure. But because the intestines and stuff are so loose in there, there's no direct wound channel. It to plug right so essentially you could pack the entire abdomen with gauze and never get pressure on that bleeding artery so it's a rough place to get shot or hurt so you're just kind of in a bad spot and knowing as a medic knowing that some wounds aren't survivable is kind of one of those things you know that's when you uh you have a cigarette in your med kit yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, man, we're we're six hours from help, and you got a liver shot. Have a smoke. Yeah, <laughs> you're uh, not gonna die of cancer. Take a little shot or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Well, you know, it, things happen. We we are here for a finite period of time, and 
we're not in a perfect world and accidents happen. The worst thing I think would be to roll up on, on a, a major situation and not be able to help at all. Mm. Um, so let's talk about like the mass mass casualty, say something happened in a, in a group of people and there is a medic team there. There's four medical people there, but there's 10 people hurt. You know, how, how do you guys train for that? Uh, I, I think you actually have something for that, right? A triage is usually what you'll you'll uh, you'll hop into first when you have a mass casualty event. Your first goal is to sort all the casualties. That's what triage means. It's French for to sort. So you're going through and you're checking all of the casualties and finding out which ones are the worst, which ones are savable, which ones are emergent, which ones can you take care of right now? Which ones can you take care of later? And which ones are still alive, but aren't likely to be saved? You know, those are the, that's the hardest ones. Those are the ones that they're still breathing, but you got to step over them because they're so far gone. You're not likely to, to help them out. So your time is better spent taking care of somebody who has survivable injuries. You know, I was at a, uh, I did a ride along with San Bernardino PD several years ago and four people were shot in one night and we rolled in there and, uh, you know, just like you said, as the paramedics came in, they looked at one guy on the floor and just stepped over him, mm-hmm. went to the next guy who was, <clears throat> you know, and the sergeant said to me, he doesn't know it yet, but that guy's dead. You know, right. and just, and, and he did, he, he passed away. So that the ability to triage and, and the people at the site did not perform any first aid on their own people. So. It was a tragic event. Folks, I want to thank my special guest, Brian McLaughlin. hate to end on that, but thank my special guest, Brian McLaughlin, at concealedcarry.com, Mountain Man Medical, September 16th and 18th, Guardian Nation, September 23rd, 25th, Active Self-Protection Conference, Kansas City. Find out more on their website. Sir, thank you for your time. Thank you for your service, and thank you for the information. Awesome. Thanks for having me on, Philip. I had a great time. All right. God bless. Shoot, Felipe. Shoot. When you have to shoot, shoot, don't talk. Have questions about handgun safety, local sports shooting events, or your Second Amendment rights? Just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Get practical advice. No sales pitch. Vince is a straight shooter when it comes to sharing his advice and years of gun experience. Whether you're a seasoned gun owner or a newcomer, at Bullseye Sport, they welcome everyone, especially ladies considering a firearm for the first time. When they go to our store, we want to give them something that they're going to feel comfortable with. And if you're looking to purchase a gun, ammo, or accessories... If we don't have it, we will get it for you. For all the answers to your rifle and handgun questions, just ask Vince at Bullseye Sport. 951-823-0211. Bullseye Sport in Riverside. Proud sponsor of the Firing Line Gun Show, Saturdays at 1 p.m. on AM 590. Follow Bullseye Sport on Facebook for your inventory updates or call 951-823-0211. AM 590, the answer. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.